Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And here we are again with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Hodgkin's lymphoma is a type of cancer that affects the lymphatic system, which is part of the body's germ-fighting immune system. It's being described as a relatively aggressive cancer. Now, in March of 2020, our guest today was diagnosed with stage 4 Hodgkin's lymphoma, that had spread to her bones, bone marrow, blood, and other parts of her body. But she's with us today to tell us the good news. And joining us from Wales is Rianne Barnes. Rianne, thanks for doing this. Now, when you were diagnosed over two years ago, did you think that in two years you would be cancer-free? No. No. <laughs> Never in a million years. You thought that was the end, right? Honestly, they said stage four and they would start with eight rounds of chemo. And how long did they give you? I wasn't given a time, but the prognosis was we need to get it going. We need to get it going now. I was two days from when I saw the consultant to when I went down for my first blood tests. No, three days. It's interesting. The oncologists always want you to do it right away. We need it done yesterday. Yeah, that was the way they pushed it, you know? Yeah. Now, I was reading a bit about Hodgkin's lymphoma, and some of the many symptoms of the disease are painless swelling of your lymph nodes in the neck, armpits or groin, persistent fatigue, fever, and, and several others. What were some of your symptoms? In all honesty, the first sign of anything was a pea-sized lump right at the top of my head where you'd have a ponytail. Wow. And that was in October because I thought I'd knocked my head. It was mm -hmm. that type of lump. And it didn't go away. So after about a week or so, I thought, no, time to see the doctor. And that was when my journey really started. No, the lump that didn't go away, you, you thought you'd hit your head and uh, it was just a bit of a bruise? It was about that size. You know when you knock your head and you get a, a lump come up on it? Mm-hmm. It was about that size. It was probably about the size of, oh, I don't know, about your thumbnail. Right. Now, when you went for the diagnosis, tell us, uh, take us through that process. What happened? Well, by the time they did the biopsy, which was in the beginning of March, it was the <laughs> it was actually the week following lockdown in the UK, mm -hmm. our first lockdown, and the lump by that point was larger than my hand. Wow! So by that point, I had got past the idea that it was a cyst. Yeah, you, you know? intuitively knew that something serious was wrong with you. 
it certainly wasn't a cyst. It was a case of, well, it's probably cancer. Which one? Mm. They did the biopsy. I had to wait nearly five weeks for the results. Now, was that when you contacted me? Because I don't think you had a diagnosis when you first contacted me. You just said that... I contacted you on the... I was looking today, actually, on the 20th of March. Honestly, I I saw the date and I thought, good God, is that long ago? And that was when I spoke with you and you put me in touch with the lady over here for the oil itself. So by the time I'd got down to the the oncologist, it was already starting on the oil because it was five weeks after. So it was the end of April before they actually gave me any sort of diagnosis. They did move quite quickly once I had the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. But as I said, I'd already spoken to you and I'd already made a start with the oil. Did you undergo chemo at all? I did because I figured when you get to that point, you think, right, I'm sure you understand this, Corey. It was, what have I got to lose? What have I got to lose? So I figured a two-pronged attack was better than one. And I didn't hide it from the medical people that I was taking the oil. But my oncologist did ask me quite honestly, she did say not to take it when I was having chemo. So I took her at her word. Mm. I would stop the oil the night before. And I would start it up the week after when I knew the chemicals were out of my body. I had five sessions of chemo without incident whatsoever. I didn't lose that much weight. I lost about a stone, stone and a half. Mm -hmm. I didn't lose a massive amount of weight. I wasn't ill with it. I had no sickness with it. And then there was an issue at this end. and I couldn't get hold of the oil for about probably about a month. And during that month, I had the final session of chemo and I came down with sepsis. Wow. And I was hospitalized for two weeks. I came out of hospital after the sepsis while they were rushing me out because COVID is coming in on the second wave. And I, I'd had the oil delivered then. My daughter had arranged it. had the oil delivered. And I started it as soon as I got back to the house. I was better... Well, not better, but I was myself within sort of, 24, 48 hours. That's very quick, isn't it? Very. Very. But I think that just proves how much this oil can do. Because it's the only time that my daughter ever thought she was going to lose me. Because she was prepared for the worst case scenario when I started on that. Mm-hmm. Because I firmly believe... That oil is what made me capable of handling the chemo as well as I did. But I didn't need any more than that anyway. How much oil were you doing? I can only go by the measurements that I was given. (laughs) I would have a 2.5 milliliter syringe. And it was up to, I think it was probably up to the first knuckle on your finger. So whatever that is from the very top of the syringe. It wasn't a massive amount of oil. I think she probably worked you up to about a gram. I'm going to guess. But I was doing 
that amount four times a day when I, I got it going properly in my system. Yeah, I went up there. I don't know who was more surprised, me or the doctor, when she tells me I'm all clear. When did you get the all clear, Rianne? I was told I was in remission 23rd of October, 2020. Well, you've got these dates nailed down, don't you? Oh, I definitely know that one. (laughs) Definitely know that one. Because that was the day that the the doctor wouldn't test me for COVID because she thought I had it. Oh. Now, <laughs> so when that you, was the day that they didn't get COVID. <laughs> when you got the all clear, did you have a pint to celebrate? We were still in lockdown. We we have two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so okay. I couldn't. <laughs> but in all honesty, I haven't looked back. I genuinely haven't looked back. Now I'm on took- a maintenance dose now. Maintenance dose, how much is your maintenance dose? I many... have two drops a day. Mm-hmm. Do you generally take that in the daytime or at night? At night. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. Did you change your diet at all? I tried. And I have made it a bit more healthy, but I can't help it. I like bacon and I'm a meat eater. Right. I'm a bit more, um, I can't think of the word, probably a bit more open to vegan options or vegetarian options than I was. Mm. But although I try to eat healthy, it's it's a case of if I'm hungry, I'll eat it. Ryan, you were also diagnosed with osteopenia, which is a loss of bone mineral density that weakens your bones. Take us through what that did to you. Right. Family history is a big thing with osteoporosis. And it's a type of disease that is progressive. And once you've got it, you've got it. You can't go backwards with it. I was diagnosed with it after... I had a fall in 2010 where I broke a shoulder and an elbow. I had a fall in 2012 where I broke the other shoulder. So after that, they went, yeah, let's have a look at this now. So that's when I had the bone density scan. And I was diagnosed with osteopenia then. But my mother and my grandmother had osteoporosis. So there is quite a a strong family link there. I've recently had another one. Now, I don't know if you know how they measure osteoporosis and how they grade it. No. You're given a, a T marker. Is T minus something tells you how thick the bones are or how far along the osteoporosis is. Now, osteopenia is up to T minus 2.6. Okay. When we had the first one, I was given a score. I, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I know it was around this mark of T minus 1.9. So it was osteopenia, not osteoporosis. Okay. Mm-hmm. They did the bone density scan with me about a fortnight ago. I've got a marker. They give me two markers this time. <laughs> one for my left hip. 
which is minus 1.8, which from what I gather is the one that they would have measured the original one against. Now that is better than the one minus 1.9, which they say can't happen. Mm. I'd like to know, I'd like to speak to a doctor and ask actually whether that is right or not. But the only place that I've got osteoporosis is actually in the two vertebrae of my spine that cracked due to the cancer. Now that happened in the February 2020. And that is now a two minus 2.6, which is just into the osteoporosis stage, you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't know if the oil would affect that or not. And I was asking about this a couple of days ago, really, because it dawned on me that I've been taking this and I, I've done very little else to stop it. The osteoporosis becoming worse because I was expecting this to have been way worse than it is. Well, that's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, so you're, if I'm hearing you correctly, your osteopenia has improved because of your intake of cannabis oil. That's your theory, right? Yeah, I think that's the most likely thing because since lockdown, I mean, my work is sitting down. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I, there's not much movement there. Yeah. I haven't been the best person for exercising ever. If I've got a reason to walk, I will. But I haven't had a reason to go out walking. And I know I won't do it without a reason. Okay, Rianne, so, yeah. you, you got you to get out there and walk. We're giving oh, you... Oh, I've got a, a dog now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You have to walk. Now I've got a reason. <laughs> now you've got a reason. So, Rianne, with without cannabis, would you be alive today? No. How does your daughter feel about your use of cannabis? She thinks it's brilliant stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Not, I, I don't mean that she smokes it because she doesn't, and she's 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 not particularly anti anything, but. She appreciates the fact that when I came out of the hospital after the the, the sepsis. It was that that made a difference, and it did. She said herself, you could see the difference within the two days. Wow. Corey, I think this is a good time with Rianne here talking about cannabis oil to talk about the number of inquiries you get and the inquiries we get. As a matter of fact, we had three yesterday, Corey, about people wanting information. Uh, they have cancer, and they want to know about CBD. And you and I have talked about this numerous times, but I think it's clarification that CBD is not the answer that you need. You need high multi-strain THC, and as high as 70%, Correct. Yeah, correct. Or, you know, even if you can, you know, anything at 60, 50 would be the lowest I'd go. But unfortunately, there's so much promo out there um, on CBD. And uh, 
so people are referring to like in their brain, I think they're thinking THC, but they're calling it CBD often. Okay. Uh, when we get these yep. people who reach out to us uh, on our, you know, via our show and say, you know, where can I get some CBD? And, you know, unfortunately it's that type of thing that is handing out, you know, giving out misinformation because like, let me be very, very clear. CBD on its own does not, underlined, not kill cancer. You need that THC component in there to varying degrees, depending on what kind of cancer it is. I'm probably, once I'm feeling better, I'm not, I'm under the weather right now, going to be making a post and it's incredibly sad. I've had six women and I believe it's three days pass away from hormone driven breast cancer. And they've been using CBD, high CBD, because unfortunately, as I've mentioned before, many of these cannabis cancer Facebook groups are just a thin veil for scamming. Everybody's an armchair expert and they're all, they're giving advice that's killing people. So these women were all on this three to one ratio of CBD to THC because there's all, there's all this fear mongering around the THC. And as you're well aware, Ian, with the, the interviews we've done, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly recently, what we're clearing these hormone-driven breast cancers on is high THC, four to one. Again, that THC component being so important. And I think, you know, sometimes people are intimidated by THC. But again, as we've mentioned on this show, you don't need to be high to do it. I can assure you that Rianne wasn't high. You know, Rianne, what do you think was the hardest part about doing this, do doing the whole, the whole oil thing? Because it's not a walk in the park. Honestly, Yes, honestly. Initially, I thought I'm going to be off my face for the entire time. But after speaking to yourself and to the lady you put me in touch with, she showed me there was other ways to take it. So I didn't get high. And I managed to actually work right the way through until I was taken into the hospital with the sepsis. Wow. I worked right the way through the chemo, everything. Don't get me wrong, my company were brilliant, but I worked. No, Rianne, would you like to get high? <laughs> I can't say that I object, but <laughs> it's not my favorite pastime. <laughs> well, I tell you, Rianne, Ian's just turned into a stoner, honest to God. Shut <laughs> man I met a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually... Uh... I enjoy it, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> you should meet my son. Oh, your son. Is he, uh, does he enjoy it as well? Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, does he take it recreationally or does he? Well, all cannabis is medicinal to some degree. But does he take it because he enjoys the high or? I know he enjoys it. But I honestly think that behind it with him, it helps him to deal with worries and anxieties it's, it relaxes you doesn't it yeah it does and i think that's what it is yeah unlike alcohol where you want to party and get into fights and throw up and be belligerent cannabis you just want to lay on the couch and listen to music and laugh yeah that, that was something he mentioned a couple of days ago actually <laughs> you never see two you never see two stone heads fighting no <laughs> no, no, no. They're just laughing. <laughs> now, was he familiar with the cannabis oil that you were taking? I think 
yes and no because he knew about it. Mm-hmm. But like myself, he hadn't had any dealings with anybody directly. I will say, mind, it was a, a boy who works with me who put me in touch with Corey in the first place. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's illegal in, in the UK, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, and just recently they legalized recreational marijuana in Germany. So the UK seems to be slipping behind. Just a bit. she says chuckling (laughs) how do you feel overall now compared to prior to contacting Corey in March of 2020 before I spoke with Corey I don't honestly think I had any real um, no I didn't know what stage I was on and I didn't have any real thought that I would survive it I genuinely didn't. Mm-hmm. And it was a case of, right, what am I going to do? There's not much I can do. And then my uh, my friend come through and said, look, get in touch with this lady. If anybody can help you, she can point you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. She's the one you speak to. Does it change your attitude towards life now that you're cancer-free? Um, I've, given, I've been given a second lease. Mm-hmm. It makes me appreciate it more. Yeah. The little things that, that used to bug us prior to being ill uh, don't bug us anymore. Because you... <laughs> right? Think of what the hell? I nearly, <laughs> the I nearly died. The little things in the case of... Oh, fine. Carry oh, on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, Rianne, what would you say to somebody that, you know, has maybe just been diagnosed with cancer and is just, and is just finding out about oil? What would be your advice? It's got to be worth doing it, but you need to make sure you're getting the right stuff. That's the biggest thing. You said about age, uh, THC. The number of people who I said, to myself, no, you don't want the CBD stuff. It's the stuff that gets you high, gets you cured. And people, some people, you know, Rayanne, are, are so reluctant to take uh, cannabis because they don't want the high. But they're more than accepting of pharmaceuticals, which they have no idea how that's going to impact their body. Mm. And the side effects with some of them are horrendous. Oh, right. But you're still eating bacon, so you're fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my weakness. Bacon's your weakness. A nice bacon sandwich, you can't beat it. No, that's right. Well, I'm so happy to hear that you're you're fine and uh, that you're cancer-free. And even your osteopenia, osteoporosis is improving. God, you may be entering uh, the London Marathon soon. No, I don't run. If I'm running, you better move because there's something chasing me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you look amazing. You look completely glowing healthy. Doesn't she? Would you ever know that she'd been terminally in? No, absolutely not. You look amazing. Yeah. I feel it. amazing. Yeah, Yeah. it's excellent. I feel it and I'm so glad to be here to say it. Yeah, well, we're glad to have you here to say it too. Yeah. Rihanna, it was uh, was a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for doing this. 
You're very welcome. Yeah, like I said to somebody today, so if doing this helps one person, it was worth it. Before we go, I want to let our listeners know that you can help us spread the word about the amazing, often life-saving health benefits of cannabis just by sharing the podcast, writing a review, or rating us. We very much appreciate uh, the help of everyone who's done that already, and we really like the five-star ratings. We'd also like to thank those of you who support the show by making a one-time donation or a monthly donation on our Patreon page, which you can do for as little as $5 a month. It helps to keep us running. You'll find out how to do that on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thank you for your support. It means so much to us. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.